0: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up and welcome to another very good, very, very good episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast that we record every single week from King's Comics, which you can find at 310 Pitt Street in Sydney. Did I get the the address right? Uh, uh, Yeah, I think you did. I rely rely on Siobhan for that. Uh, Usually this is a a podcast about comic books that is uh, co-hosted by two people. One of them is me. My name is Andrew Levins. Then my co-host usually is Siobhan Coombs, but she had a baby. Yeah, go figure, man.
2: Decided to take some time off for absolutely awful reasons but uh uh, yeah
0: yeah so she's not going to be at king's for for a few months she's she's going to take a a shorter absence from the podcast because she still wants to read all the comics i mean good luck to her i say (laughs) uh trying to fit it in while being a mum, um it's a bit easier when you're a dad i think yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, in her place this week, um, look, huge request. People, people were like, you know, we put the feelers out. Who, who should fill in for Siobhan while she's uh, away the first week after having a kid? Um, welcome to her kid, by the way. Um, Shatterstar Coombs.
2: Yeah, he's got, uh, Shatterstar
0: Boom Boom Lifel the Third, <laughs> to be precise. Um, and uh, look, our listeners just yelled the name, this name above everyone else's name. The uh, the Oracle. Of serious issues, you may have heard us scream, or Siobhan especially, <laughs> scream his name uh, during each podcast whenever we In a bad th- way. No, no, whenever, whenever we can't think of an answer, we always uh, ask Jim for help. So um, joining us from King's Comics, uh, it's the one and only Jim... Uh, I'm not going to attempt oh, your it, last it, name. It,
2: it, uh, even I
0: won't attempt it. Uh, all Can you do
2: know? You know what? In Greek, it, it pretty much translates into Smith. So, <laughs> you know... Hey, everybody. It's
0: heaps awesome to be here. (laughs) Jim from King's. Uh, Jim, how many centuries have you worked at King's for? Oh, man. Believe it or not, almost 20 years.
2: Yeah, I I, I still find that hard to believe that they haven't found a reason to fire my ass. (laughs) But... I'm here and I'm trying to fill Siobhan's tiny shoes in for
0: this week. Uh, And you know those people who who shop at Kings know that you're kind of you're you're somewhat of a backbone of the store, doing a bulk of the all the ordering. (laughs) Everything on the shelves is here because you
2: ordered it. So what 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 he's trying to say is if we don't have it, it's my fault. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, And uh, yeah, you know we, we we enjoy. Asking impossible questions to you during each <laughs> podcast, and you generally have the answers.
2: Yeah, and the answer—the
0: answer is usually Savage Dragon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, give us a little little primer on you, your favorite kind of comics, before we delve into these oh, uh, reviews.
2: Oh man, look, um,
0: it, it's really hard
2: to say because after all these years, my my tastes have changed so much. Mm-hmm. You know, starting off with um, your, your usual capes and tights sort of stuff. I love. And still do love reading, you know, uh, DC Comics, Batman has been my kind of mainstay. Hellboy and, you know, not so weirdly enough, Savage Dragon all these years. Um, I'm obviously kind of not reading as many superhero books as I used to, but I still try to keep on top of everything as we go along. You're the big uh, European comic pusher on Siobhan. I do. I I, I love European comics. I mean, I discovered them maybe seven or eight years ago reading a a lot of... um, Kind of meta barons, um, sort of stuff, and then just expanded from there. So I, I do try to push that onto Siobhan. readers, yeah, especially <laughs> Siobhan. <laughs> she she needs to expand her horizons a little bit, you know. It's there's more to comics, I think,
0: than just Shatterstar. <laughs> Which European uh, comic book character did you think she should have named her baby after? <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: that's that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I'm Black not sure. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Right now, I'm, I'm I'm reading Valerian, so maybe something out of that. Not entirely
0: sure. Um, So today on the show, um, Jim is going to be joining me for uh, the beginning of this uh, show, our our segment First Things First, in which we review all of the new number ones that came out last week. Uh, And we're going to kick things off by uh, reviewing Dark Days... The the casting the casting the casting I don't know
2: it's <laughs> it, it's certainly this is a mistake already and, uh,
0: uh, Prelude to Metal is the big event that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo will eventually do together but right now we have a comic another issue uh, co-written by uh, Scott Snyder and James and the IV with shared art duties by um, pencils yeah. by Jim Lee um, Andy Kubit. Andy Kubit and Richard John Romita Jr. Jr. Uh, and then uh, a whole a whole realm of Incas and colorists uh, throughout this book. Um, it's a it's an enormous creative team on on, on this book, and, and indeed an enormous book, an enormous story. Yeah. Uh, continuing, yeah. what was the first one of these? Uh, the Forge. The Forge, which uh, we really loved, and it was yeah, kind of, it the felt forge like it was a lot of fun. It felt like them bringing back a lot of things that I miss about DC. A lot of the older stuff, you know, you've got a Hawkman kind of uh, centered t- uh, t- title with, um, you know, we had. Teasers of Plastic Man returning, um, uh, the Blackhawks. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the,
2: the I guess the guys at DC uh, are doing the same thing in this one shot as well. Although the casting one shot just felt kind of a lot more dense than uh, the Forge. This this was a hard, well, not a hard read, but it was a harder read than I guess the Forge was. But still, um, they do tend to throw in a couple of uh, surprises. Yeah. for you, So uh, I'm not sure if uh, what are we going to do. Are we going to do spoilers here.
0: Well, well, let's just say what, what, the, what the kind of overall book is about. It's Batman is basically uh, like looking into the mystery of the nth metal, and uh, this almost kind of like this is the metal that you know is connected to, to Hawkman, the character mm. of Hawkman, the character that that uh, comes back every cycle as a new character kind of uh, sort of, kind of...
2: So, sort of a new take on a, on an old character yeah, yeah fighting the the same fight he's been fighting with um hawk woman
0: or hawk girl for you know centuries um and so yeah batman is kind of like against you know everyone's better kind of judgment including the joker's better judgment he's does the but... joker have better judgment apparently <laughs> okay. his, he tries to be the good guy in this, he's still in a snazzy dresser show. i like that yeah yeah Um, But uh, yeah, this is this is uh, Batman kind of like trying to solve the greatest mystery of all that's linked to this this metal that can be found in so many important artifacts in the DC universe. And I
2: think the other mystery is like why is Hal Jordan such a dick? (laughs) Um, Look, there's there's a lot of people out there who um, just don't like Hal as a Green Lantern anymore, maybe just because of the way he's being uh, written or whatnot. He's very but righteous. Yeah, yeah, he, he's very up there, he's he's very up himself apparently, but um, yeah, the the way he's kind of treated in, in The Forge is kind of like, you know, he's almost got that Batman mentality but on a galactic scale like you know I know what I'm doing well, the, this yeah. is a way to go
0: the Guardians have told him to, to go to the Batcave because there's something that's going to threaten the, the, the entire galaxy um, <laughs> yes uh, and uh, so you have this kind of weird team up between him and Duke Thomas and then the Joker as well who they they fight but Joker's not as kind of like bloodthirsty as he usually is well, like, uh, I think he has a greater purpose living in you know, uh, a, a sub-seller of the Batcave has maybe, you know, toned him down a bit. I'm, we're not sure. <laughs> um, and then there's all kinds of other kind of uh, big teasers of what's to come, uh, coming back from from the Justice... For, sorry, from, uh, from DC. Um, looks like we're going to be getting um, a, a bit more Shazam stuff a bit more challenges of the unknown That's right. which um, I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, I like am with you. I think that like it's a very easy book to get lost in and it required me to reread a few pages uh, just to kind of get the full story, but I like it when books do that sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, like, you know, like th- these are these are these are legends that we're reading now. This is a 75-year-old franchise that that has so much folklore that you can, you know, reference and bring back and I think it's I think this is a very fun way to kind of Celebrate the DC. Well, yeah, especially
2: if you're a fan of the kind of Detroit era of Justice League of America. Um, There's a character that pops up um, halfway through the book that you're just going to go, "Hey, I haven't seen you in, you know, Donkey's Years." Yeah, and it's really, really cool. I like the way that DC are just kind of almost, um, you know, without thought, throwing in these characters, saying we're going to be using them. Guess what? You know, here's the rebirth version of this character or that character, and it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's super fun. Um, I uh, have some criticisms with uh, what they've chosen to do with the artwork. So there's three, as you ah, said, yeah. there's, there's three pencilers on this. You know, three of the kind of highest-paid pencilers at DC right now. You've got Jim Lee, Andy Kubert, and John Romita Jr. And you know, this this story is broken up. There are there are you know quite a few different plot lines and so I, I would have thought if you have the three different pencilers you assign each of them a plot line to a certain plot line yeah exactly but instead like they it pretty much changes like every three pages every
2: every three or four pages it goes to a new penciler but the kind of the plot line still kind of continues but it kind of it, it makes the, the story stop and start a little bit for me, yeah. anyway.
0: Like, Hubert's definitely the kind of common link between Jim Lee and, uh, and Ramita Jr. Like, I feel like he fits pretty well in between the two. Yeah. But when it jumps from Jim Lee to Ramita Jr. or vice versa, it's so stark. And it's it like, is. Yeah. it's the same scene as well. Like, there, there are a few, few pages where it's like, you know, like, like on, on the left is, is Ramita Jr., and the, on the right is Jim Lee, and it's, it's just, it doesn't work.
2: No, I mean, because the thing is, you know, I think it's the same guy, the same person coloring the, yeah. the whole book. And, when you're getting the, especially with Jim Lee, you know, the super crosshatch stuff and really, really nice looking um, detail comics, then you jump to John Romita Jr., who tends to be, a, you know, less so. Um, it can be a little jarring, but I think if you if you read it, this may take a second read, especially for me. Um, once you start reading it uh, uh, all, in, all in one shot, it, it may make more sense that way.
0: Yeah, and I think I've seen a lot of people in our um, in the serious issues Facebook group complaining about being quite lost in this. Mm. Um, I think just just keep at it. Like, if if you're confused as to who a bunch of characters are, Google them. Or there there are, <laughs> there are multiple guides to um to this. Uh, I I just remember kind of, I just
2: remember reading are. way back in the day uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep, and being mega confused. Even at that time, it was like, who is this? What's going on? And that was just with the one artist. I think this is kind of leading into that kind of. Event crossover thing as well, where we're going to have something pretty huge happening in the this rebirth universe, and if you stick with it, fingers crossed, you know it'll it'll all come together and 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 be a great read.
0: So, uh, is, this the, is this the last kind of? Um prelude before metal starts in, yeah metal's going to be starting after this for six issues okay so sure.
2: um there's also going to be a handful of batman related one shots um batman the drowned batman the Dawnbreaker, etc which uh is hinted on in the last pages of the casting and there's also going to be a, a bunch of tie-ins uh, as crossovers usually have but nowhere near uh, the amount that we've seen in other events, it over feels the last nice and contained. It does. It feels a like lot more contained than what um, we should we, we would expect.
0: Yeah, you get like a, you know you get a four ninety nine cover price. You get a fancy ish metallic metallic cover, hmm. um, but uh, you know beyond that, there's no you haven't got to read every single DC book to get the no, no, story. No, no, no. I think the tie in books because um, it's going to tie into
2: uh, titles like Nightwing, right, and Teen Titans and whatnot. I think you those won't be necessary reads if you just stick to the one shots like this and casting the six issue miniseries you should be right
0: hopefully having to tie into this uh, book won't sabotage those already pretty good series oh god i yeah. hope
2: not because uh yeah it works so well
0: for civil war too yeah <laughs> and uh secret empire right yeah now too, right. right um so yeah dark days the casting i like you know I, I don't think it was as good as uh, as the first dark days uh, prelude book the fuck is it called again? The Forge. The Forge. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's still fun, and they're definitely building up to something epic, which I think yeah, is yeah, well, that's
2: that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: Um, so DC also put out another number one this week. Only it was through their Vertigo imprint, which is the uh, the saddest imprint on the shelves
2: these days. <laughs> it's it's a shadow of its former self, man.
0: Like they, I, I thought they were like after uh, when they when they killed Clean Room, the Gal Simone book, and yeah. then the uh, Unfollow, mm. two books that we that we both loved on the podcast. I was like, okay, that must be it. You know, you've got Astro City ticking away, but is there anything else besides that? I mean, is Lucifer still going? Lucifer is still going, uh, and there's a, a handful of miniseries
2: yeah. going on here and there. But again. Uh, a lot of people have uh, expressed this over the years as well you know ever since uh, we had titles like preacher and trans and whatnot stop uh they you know dc's vertigo imprint just hasn't been what it was they're trying i mean we've had the what that recent uh sandman mini series that's that's not recent anymore that's like well, that's like 5 yeah. years ago now wow really 3 five. 3 or 4 years three ago 3 or 4 years, three, four years? Yeah, what yeah. that's about as recent as i can remember of something being pretty epic coming yeah. out of uh vertigo
0: I mean, I, I love Sheriff of Babylon. That's something, yeah, in M- Mitch Jarrett's things, and then the uh, yeah, uh, and the big big fan of Unfollow as well, which unfortunately ended way too early. Mm. Yes, yeah.
2: we just don't have. I think uh, it doesn't have that impact that it used to. So we've got a
0: uh, a return to an older. Is this an older Vertigo series? This was uh, a, a miniseries ten years ago. Right. So the the American Way, and it's mm. written by um, John Ridley, with pencils by Georges uh, Georges Janti. Yep, and uh, inks by Danny Mickey, colors by Nick Filardi. So a pretty great. Great creative team. Yeah, it was actually really, really cool. This was an
2: easily, like like a really easy, really cool read for me. And finding out that it was uh, John Ridley who, there's an ad towards the back of it saying, you know, this is a guy that wrote 12 Years a Slave. Right, yeah, sure. You know, so, and... Um, DC were also uh, cluey enough to re-release the original American Way miniseries as a tenth anniversary trade paperback the same week this came out.
0: Had you read it back when it when it was coming way out? back then? Yeah, yeah
2: right. Cool. And I, I remember enjoying it. Um, it was a it was a neat take on the superhero genre, and I mean it really dug into the politics of the '60s in America. Yep, and we.
0: Jump forward with this issue. Yeah, it's set in the 70s. Well, yeah, so we're it, in the early 70s now. This is called The American Way, Those Above and Those Below. And uh, it looks like pretty much exactly the same, almost the same uh, uh, creative team. Yeah, pa- pretty Carl-, much. Carl Story did cover Colours back in, 10 years ago. Um, but uh, So yeah, it's, it's very much about um, politics in America in the 70s, specifically racial politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of um, Southern politics as well. Um, yes. And uh, basically, we check back in on these characters that I've I've not read the original series, so um, I'm still completely able to really enjoy this series. Um, I definitely got a bit lost as it jumps from character to character in the first few pages, but by the end, I was kind of there, very there's on board enough. With this story. Um, the, there's enough,
2: I guess, backstory in this issue alone to give you at least a kind of a guiding. Yeah, that's uh, right. Like you know, to let you know where, who these characters were in the original miniseries and uh, why they stopped being. Superheroes. Yeah, it's a
0: very well written first issue, especially by someone who I don't think has done many comics since the American Way. Originally Not came at all. Out. He's, been, yeah. he's busy writing, you know, ho- Hollywood blockbusters, yeah, award yeah, well, winning, winning, yeah, award winning movies. Uh, but no, it's, it's 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 a very well well put together comic that even even newcomers will be able to pick up and get. And, uh, and, and it's weird
2: because I'm, I'm so used to uh, George Gianti's artwork, say, you know, on his Buffy run and a couple of other things that I thought maybe his art wouldn't kind of suit. Uh, this new mini series, but it shoots it down to the ground. And it Nick, really Nick, is Nick great.
0: Nick uh, colors are. Phenomenal. Oh, the colors are outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, really, really great. Um, so yeah, we have the, the. I guess in the the first series, I imagine was about a superhero team trying to exist in the in against the political landscape of the American 60s. Um, I did uh, without spoiling too much. I, I I gather that they aren't really a team by the end of that first series.
2: Well, a, a lot of things did happen. Um, there were they weren't really a team to begin with right. as well. Um, they, they were government funded and to, I guess, at the end of it, they, they were also kind of government pushed because um, a lot of the stuff that they did was premeditated. And people did find out about it and people did uh, kind of start, you know, hating these characters, um, really. Well, I- in the comics themselves, they, they oh right, they, they felt betrayed, right. right okay, you know, sure. um, so seeing these characters ten or twelve years later, um, all, all separate as well. Like yeah, and, and yet yeah, none of them talk to each other. Yep. None of them have anything to do each other with each other, and all of them are ashamed of their pasts. You know, um, of what they did. So it's it's very much uh, kind of. Um, these characters coming back, or at least some of these characters coming back, and
0: trying to make good with what um, you know, with what they've done. Yeah, and they all have their own. They all have different moral codes.
2: Yeah, that does not exclude killing.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, look, I, I really, I really enjoyed this this first yeah, issue. Yeah, uh, definitely going to hit the second issue. This was great. I just, I feel so weird. With Vertigo now, because it is like, you know, for a time it was like, you know, you, it, it's like almost that rite of passage. You, you read all these superhero books and yeah. then you see, like, oh, I might delve into Vertigo, and then suddenly it's your favorite imprint ever.
2: It is, and I mean, Vertigo was always a great imprint for new readers because the majority of their stuff was kind of self contained. Sure. Um, diving into uh, Vertigo, we, we always give the. Uh, new customers. Uh, the the great stuff. Why the Last Man, Preacher, etc. But yeah, these days it, it is. It's kind of weird. I I still read Astro City religiously. Me too. The, one of my favorite Absolutely series. Absolutely love it. Um, whether it was. But you know the thing is, if it wasn't published with the Vertigo um, imprint, I'd still be reading it. If, yeah, of course. It it, it, of I'm DC. actually
0: very surprised that Image didn't take on Astro City. Yeah, because they they did publish them on. The, they did for a while. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, actually we didn't get to talk about the last issue of of Astro City which was uh, written from the point of view of the cat or the dog yeah well, uh, yeah. Kurt Busiek's second you uh, wrote that old uh, Superman issue that you wrote from the view of crypto no I don't remember it Lynn, Lynn who, uh, who who I'm going to force to co-host a show with me in the future <laughs> uh, <don't> uh, <laughs> she loves dog comics you should read those they're good yeah anything Astro with City. a everyone should just read oh, Astro yeah. City yeah, yeah. yeah, he's reading it. <laughs> All right, good, excellent. Um, cool. So those are the D- new DC number one. So one Vertigo, one DC. We're going to move over to Marvel now. We've got a number one and a number zero. Um, although really, it's a number two, number one because this is the sequel to a mini series from uh, I guess it was five years, years ago, five years ago, years yeah, ago, um, called Spider Men. And it was uh, basically the coming together of uh, Peter Parker from the 616 universe with Miles Morales, the Spider-Man of the Ultimate Universe. Um, At that point, they were two very separate universes and with multiple books being published from the Ultimate Universe at the time.
2: And then everything went...
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but it went pfft, in a very good way because Secret Wars was excellent. Uh, but uh, so now we get Spider Man Two Number One, uh, written again by Brian Michael Bendis, who wrote the first series, and uh, indeed and drawn the... again by Sarah Pacelli. Yeah, who the it was fucking good to see her artwork. Oh man, man,
2: I mean, it it, it kind of sucked having Sarah Pacelli leave the monthly Spider Man title, but now we know why, and this has just been this is just great.
0: So, do you do you keep up to date with Miles Morales' book? I loved when it first started in the Ultimate Universe. I loved that series so much, and I, I, I I'm have the same, I haven't yeah. stuck with it since he came over to the Six on Not really, because yeah. when they announced it, and this is like you know, especially prevalent after just seeing. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming Have mm-hmm. you seen it? Not yet It's good It's very good I really like it It might be my favorite Marvel DC Yeah every, uh, everyone's Ma- telling Marvel me To go see it It's just a matter MCU of time, time. Um, But uh, you know You watch that And it's like Teenage Spider-Man <laughs> Being a teenager Going to school And like that's the Spider-Man uh, that, Those are the best Spider-Man stories And the fact that they, they they had this chance To bring Miles over Make him the main Spider-Man Make Peter Parker Like semi-retire And just uh, kind of Go to kind of A support role maybe. They've
2: almost Kind of gone there I mean Peter's
0: still Kind of his mentor you know, yeah, but I mean, he's also still... Peter Parker's still the main Spider-Man. Yeah. I just... I, 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 I kind of... yeah I, 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 I'm really disappointed that they didn't do more with bringing Miles over to 616.
2: I'm just... I was kind of curious about this issue going in just because of the the whole... Um, who is the other Miles?
0: So, yeah, that's right. The first Spider-Man book was, was about Peter Parker accidentally getting transported to to Miles's... Um, Ultimate universe. That's right. And um, he, they have an adventure together, and then he comes back and he Googles who Miles Morales is in the 616 universe, the regular Marvel universe, and it ends with him going, oh my God, looking at the screen.
2: Well, it kind of makes sense. I mean... If there's a, a Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe, there's got
0: to be a Miles Morales in the Six One Six Universe. Exactly, and so that was the cliffhanger they ended on, like you know, with, with Peter Parker being shocked as to who Miles was in this universe. Then for five years we don't hear anything followed up on this. <laughs> um, Thank it, you, Bendis. This is a, this is the thing that Bendis did quite a lot five years ago. I don't know if you read End of Days, uh, yes. Dead Devil End of Days that ended on a very bizarre note. That I mean, that was kind of alt reality. So I guess they can forgive. Oh, they
2: can but, kind of leave that up in the air forever. Yeah, but I hated the ending of that.
0: By the way, yeah. Um, but uh, Spider-Man 2, I guess, would have made sense If they followed up on it two years ago uh, Before Secret Wars happened and, and Miles has been brought over to this world anyway But now, having this book exist With them having to reference Miles Coming from an ultimate uh, u- alternate reality Alternate
2: reality, Miles, in our 616 it universe contradicts what happened in Secret
0: <laughs> Wars, kind of, right?
2: Sort of, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, not to say that Marvel doesn't contradict itself Almost all the time But, I mean I guess that's also part of the 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 fun of the story. It's it, it it just it just dives in. It says, you know, there's 2 miles Mileses? Miley? Miley. Um in, in the Marvel universe now, one Spider-Man, who's the other guy? And you you kind of get the reveal here um a little bit but not completely.
0: You don't get any review. you So, Myles, Myles, the Miles Morales of this world is an older dude with a big scar down his face. That's a lot of big scars. And all, all, that's all we know so far.
2: And he, and, and he has a prevalence for hoodies, apparently. But, you know, it, <laughs> I, I, I was kind of. I loved the artwork. The storyline kind of jittered along for me. And then everything was cool, especially when the Taskmaster turned up. Yeah, but is it the Taskmaster? Is this, an or ult- is that Ultimate a- Taskmaster? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Could mm, yeah, I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah, so that's the thing. The thing with Bendis' books is now, even when, like, even in general, when Bendis' books are bad, they're still infinitely read- readable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, 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 I finish them. I'm like, fuck you, Bendis. Sometimes I didn't necessarily do it after reading this issue, but no,
2: with this one, I'm actually kind of looking forward to issue two.
0: Yeah, look, no, no matter how bad this book gets, I'm still going to read all of it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> No, don't say that, man. Come on, it, look,
2: it's only going to be what five issues? Five issues, and, and you know, then we'll only have to wait another five or six years for Spider Man Three.
0: Miles Morales of the Six One Six Universe is a scroll. That's, my, it, that's uh, my, that's my, that's my uh, ooh, prediction. You're
2: putting it out there, are you? No.
0: no, no. Oh, come on. <laughs> and then we're going to do uh, Secret Invasion again.
2: I'm just wondering if the Miles Morales of the Six One Six Universe is uh, one of Peter Parker's old foes,
0: right? He kind of yeah. like, that Scarface. He could be Jigsaw.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it or could, it could be Taskmaster. Right. You know, oh. could be anybody. But yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, we'll we'll continue spoiling this for you as the months continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another issue that uh, Marvel put out this week was a zero issue to a comic that I've been enjoying quite a lot recently. Uh, is the manga that Marvel are reproducing uh, called Zombies Assemble? Which How is, uh, good, was this? Yeah, written and drawn by uh, Kamiyama, with uh, some translations and scripts done by Jim Zub. Um, so this is the bulk of this book, um, which has, it, has it actually finished already. Or I think the original miniseries is finished, but the fourth is. Issue with this hasn't come out yet. Yeah, I, I'm so not sure. I don't think so. It, I, we've reviewed one, two, and three yeah. on the show, and then I've, I haven't read four. This is so.
2: zero issue is supposed to be set between the first miniseries and Zombies Assemble 2 right. miniseries. Okay, sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's and, confusing. And, and,
2: and of course, it's all about Tony Stark.
0: Yeah. Um, I love this hilarious, heightened uh, manga version of Tony, um, <laughs> of Tony Stark. I, th- I find this whole series so fun.
2: It is such an easy read and yeah. so much fun to get through. I haven't enjoyed a, a Marvel comic like this for a, a, a while.
0: And at first I was like really enjoying having these bigger format manga, um, but now I actually really want a classic manga collection of well, all kind of, of them. kind of digest Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hope they're going to release down the track.
2: Oh, I reckon they will. I mean... The, the 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 whole story of the the initial mi- miniseries was basically a zombie outbreak in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's right, which is what this is based on. And this kind of z- this z- zero issue is almost a pause, I guess, between uh, the miniseries and focuses very much on Tony and his decision to w- want to get rid of his Iron Man um, armors. For Pepper Potts. Yeah, he
0: basically wants to stop. He wants to stop uh, taking on all the challenges that that, that come to uh, destroy the Earth, um, so that he can settle down with Pepper Potts and, and not yeah. stop risking his own life for you know for for, for the rest of the world. Yeah, and, he, he he's more than happy for others to risk their lives instead. But I mean, it, it, so this yeah, this, this is basically is a build. This is basically a retelling of what inspires him to create Ultron.
2: Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's
0: spot on. I mean. You, you could read this and then just go watch uh, Avengers Two. That's right. Which is it's, it's weird that it says Zombies Assemble because there's nothing to do with zombies at all in this, uh, un- unless there's a zombie brain in Ultron. That could be great. That could be. I something. would I would read the fuck out of that, and yeah. I looks like I'm going to because Zombies Assemble number two starts very soon. Yeah, dude, hopefully we'll get this. the fourth issue of, of of Zombies Assemble. But yeah, um, this is I just think these is these so cool. If you like manga, if you like you know alternate retellings of, or uh, well, even if you don't Avengers like manga, stuff,
2: I mean. Uh, you know a lot of a lot of uh people just kind of give manga the kick cuz of the way it's published uh, and the way you know you kind of have to change your reading style to get through it Siobhan but, famously hates manga it's me <laughs> who's the big manga head yeah totally you oh, every every, um, every week
0: i'm just trying to get it to read more
2: oh it's just it's, it's it's disgusting but um if you just want something fun to read especially something where you don't need uh you know the Um, 50 odd years worth of uh, Backstory Just just get into it It's really really good
0: Yeah and it does You know I've often wondered Why they don't Do a, a book A comic that Directly relates to The Marvel Cinematic Universe Um like, I know they try and integrate little parts of it, and they do those shocking prelude comics before the movie. Yeah. But they, this one absolutely just kind of builds on what we've seen in the movies. Well, they, they
2: kind of... Marvel kind of does that
0: with the um,
2: Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy series. Right. It's not... Which are for kids. Yeah. You know, they, they do target it towards kids. I, I read it, and yeah. I love it. Cool. I, I think it's hilarious. It's one of their best books, and it's also one of their most underrated books. It's set pretty much in the, you know, that Guardians of the Galaxy cinematic universe. And it's just a lot of fun. Okay, I'll you know, try. have to take it It's out. just one of those one and done kind of. Yeah. Read, read comics and put it away. It's great.
0: Uh, so let's move over to Image right now, and thank hey. God, thank God you're here because. Uh, hey. Well, I mean, I, I like <laughs> Matt Wagner. I, I, I've read Grendel, um, and I've I read... Love Grendel. Good, Grendel's I one tell. of my favorites, and, um, and I've read a, a bunch of his Batman stuff. I love yep. uh, his Trinity book. Yep, one of my favorite Batman, Superman, Man, and Wonder, Wonder Woman yep. stories. Um, but I've never read Mage, so this is a zero issue, which is the finale of a series that is is it a finale This is-, is the
2: third um mini series I guess for the Mage trilogy um I can't even remember when Mage 2 finished. It was so long ago. So this
0: is the Zero Issue for Mage, The Hero Denied, and it's written and drawn by Matt Wagner. Um, can you please tell me about Mage, because I know nothing about him.
2: M- look, Mage was just basically the story of uh, Arthur Pendragon, uh, kind of an updated version of King Arthur. Right. Uh, the guy's trying to be a superhero in a world where superheroes don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have powers, although a lot of the time he just, you know, it's, it's, it's a usual Uh, invulnerability and uh, super strength he's not unkillable and instead of um you know uh running around with a uh uh, a a sword lobbed at him from uh you know as they say in monty python by a watery tart um excalibur is a baseball bat right so um looks like uh matt's kind of Come up to almost the nineties or you know the early two thousands here with um the, the new series, which sees Kevin uh, Matchstick the main character still walking around in his jeans and t shirt uh kind of uniform, although he's uh lost a lot more on top <laughs> than uh, than he used to is that relatable at all yeah yeah it is uh, well, with me it is <laughs> and um uh he's still doing what he does best, which is basically track down um creatures of myth and legend and keeping the world safe from them
0: right and he also encounters uh, another would-be superhero called the Stees, the Stees, who is yeah like a 90s <laughs> 90s personified he, well
2: look at his jacket it, it, it even has kind of the image logo yeah and, on and his he jacket. even says
0: what counts nowadays is image, image and style, and style. Um, I found it very on the nose but it's funny you know yeah, I, I, yeah. I, th- I think it's also kind of Matt Wagner taking a, a bit of a pot shot at himself great you know um, so yeah this is basically like a kind of uh, you know Getting you up to up to speed on where Mage is at um, in 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 this world and time. Uh, it's 12, 12 pages long. This is very yeah very yeah, short, it's it's not ninety nine issue,
2: but um the series is going to be fifteen issues long. That
0: starts and this August.
2: Yeah, uh, for those who do want to catch up, the this was released last week alongside with a reprint of the entire first miniseries. Mage should the Hero I Discovered, this, dude. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. It, it's a real good one. Yeah. If if you like Matt Wagner, I mean. It, if you, especially if you liked his uh, Grendel stuff,
0: you're going to love Mage. Mage okay. is fantastic. Awesome. All right, I will. I will check it. It's out. totally up there. Um, So that was the image books For this week Let's move over to Dynamite now I've got two Dynamite books What have we got for Dynamite? Um, Well the one I was actually Quite excited to read um, Is uh, one that Everyone listening is going to be like Why the hell were you excited to read this? Uh, It is (laughs) Centipede number one (laughs) The video game The second comic um, From Dynamite Which is based off an Atari Yes um, Franchise Atari uh, classic Sword Quest uh, I've been loving It's one of my my biggest surprises of the year And this one isn't far behind it This is written by Max Bemis Who is uh, the lead singer In a band called like Say Anything or something uh, Yeah Say Anything yeah. But I read his He did a great comic Last year or the year before Called uh, X-Men The Worst X-Man Ever I remember that Which yeah. was really really fun mm-hmm. uh, And this uh, teams him up With artist um do you, want, do you want to give this one an attempt? I'm,
2: I'm going to say Aeon.
0: Aeon Marin. Aeon um, Marin. Whose art is phenomenal. How good is this This big double page spread? Oh, man. How great is
2: that? And that's just like, kind of like the beginning of the comic. So, yeah,
0: the first, the first page is like, you know, um, basically, the, the, this this whole story is about uh, a, a, the, the last guy on Earth um, who, the, it's not even Earth, sorry, it's a different planet. They've been able to access um, our Earth's video, know, games? video games yeah. and, and movies and kind and of books bring them to and life. Culture. Uh, does it bring them to life, or is well, it... I think it's just to kind of read our legends, and then...
2: I don't know. Something's happened um, with the Centipede game, especially, you know, that that's, that's brought destruction to this world.
0: Right. So he is the only person left on his planet because the Centipede has destroyed... Everyone on his planet, yeah. and that is, the, I don't know if you've ever played the uh, classic arcade game Centipede, in which a centipede moves from one side of the screen to the other, and you've got to shoot him.
2: Yeah, and there are mushrooms and spiders everywhere, yeah. and yeah, it's a, it's a whole bunch of uh, uh, geeky fun. But um, it, it looks like the centipede has come to this earth and pretty much destroyed everything in its path. Except this one dude. Except this one dude who is just, what?
0: I mean, he's, he's, he's a big, tough scientist guy, he's, and he's so slowly going. It was actually he's quickly going crazy. He's created. He may have already gone there. He's created an invisible friend, which is like you know a kind of dumb trope for to to make him just be able to address us. Yeah. Uh, narrate narrate what he's doing. Yeah, to he, us.
2: that was that kind of jarred me a little bit because he uh, from the first page he's basically talking to you. Yeah, the reader.
0: I get why they did that. It's yeah, it's it's, it's silly, but it works. Um, I I I think this is like you know it, the the colors are phenomenal in this as well. Oh yeah, the great colors, colors are great. Um, and uh, and really competent, dynamic art, especially that. So that, yeah, the, the, the big splash page straight away when you you know turn on page uh, two and three is uh the reveal that centipede can fly, and you see this kind of like city left in ruins, and he's left all these buildings and things knocked over and roads, so it spells out game over. Yeah, that's uh it's a that's a that's a, that's a bit weird, but yeah, it works. I loved it. That was, that was really <laughs> really cool. I think yeah, this is a. This uh, has a lot more style than than a, than a you know an, an arcade game tie-in deserves. I think.
2: I, I think they they've definitely kind of. I mean the, the the game is especially you know when it was originally released was very simple, as far yeah. like all the games all were like back, games back then. then yeah. as, long, as long look, I, I like. Dynamite doing these kind of Atari classics, as long as they don't do an adaptation of the ET game. <laughs> you know, it's a, which was just. I quite... would
0: like a comic about the making of the ET game. I'm not sure I'd want to read that. It'd be depressing as hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's the game that single-handedly killed the video game industry in in like 1982.
2: Yeah, yeah there's that um, you know legend of there being a, 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 a huge a landfill. hole yeah. landfill of of ET cartridges somewhere a comic in America B
0: where all of those. Uh, those games become sentient. (gasps) And uh, and then, and then that, that's the bad guy in a, in a big comic. <laughs> okay, then I could probably read that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah centipede number one. I don't know if you if you have anything to uh, for any love for that centipede game or definitely even know, if you're just into old school games. Period. Yeah, yeah. Give these check these out. I, I, I like these. I yeah, I liked it anyway. as well. It was good. Did you read um, Sword Quest as well? That one's really good. No, I haven't hit that so yet. It's much better than this, but it. Um, I, I like. I remember. This I remember liking Sword Quest as a game as well, like more than I did centipede. Well, so. All the law behind the game of Sword Quest. They actually you know created comics yeah. around it. Actually, then and, and they're apparently there are original comics for Centipede back in the 80s as oh, well. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, li- I like all the background. All-, all the back matter in these issues is really cool. Um, so also from Dynamite this week, we had a uh, book called Skin and Earth, Yeah, which is written and drawn by an electronic artist called Lights. Story art and lettering by Lights. Yeah,
2: they're, apparently they're an alt-pop phenomenon.
0: Yeah, mm. I, l- I learned that in this book too. <laughs> uh, but this book, Skin and Earth, is a kind of uh, you know dystopian future in which uh, there has been, like, a chemical outbreak and uh, if you are contagious, you are, like like you have to stay in this area. And you have to stay in a on certain you. part of the city and you're, you're limited to where you can go and what you can do. But the uh, hero of this story um, w- was left a lot of money when her mother died and so she uses that to study at the university in the untainted part of the earth um, and uh, also hooks up with someone who gives her a tattoo at some point. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I mean, this was... Uh, in kind of an interesting premise to begin with. It, it, it had kind of a, a bit of a Logan's Run feel to it, and I, I, I liked it until, I guess, I don't know. I guess until she found this with well, the guy you were talking about, you know, her love interest priest, um, and then it kind of got away from me.
0: Yeah, uh, they, they, they did a lot of world building, and then it kind of took a took a sidestep for to her kind of exp- like it, it got quite angsty. Yeah, yeah, and you know, they
2: it, it very much became almost a, a, uh, an issue about two teenagers against the, you know, uh,
0: against the system. It felt like Avatar or Pocahontas, <laughs> <laughs> Pocahontas in space. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm gonna if I'm gonna keep paying attention to this book. But yeah, uh, look, if that's not up I didn't to mind you, it. The art bad. was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Um and, and the coloring was w- was pretty good. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'm gonna hit the second issue.
0: Uh, so that is Skin and Earth issue one. Um, this was a, a great break in uh, in programming, and it always is whenever a new Sergio Aragonés book comes out. Uh, Jim learnt the struggle this week of uh, of just getting through all the number ones, <laughs> uh, because there are some that, you know, it's it's pretty easy to choose the the ongoings that you that we that we read each week. Um, and it never becomes that much of a slog But the hardest part of, of getting through the 50 books that we read each week Are the, the bottom of the barrel number one issues Okay, the
2: easiest part of me reading all the number ones for this week Is the next book Yeah,
0: so Gru uh, is Sergio Aragones's, uh character Who just loves battling And every single person on the face of the earth hates him
2: I absolutely. Look, I've been reading Gru... For 20, 25 years, I love this book. I love Sergio Aragonis and despite the fact that e- even they say it, even Sergio and uh, Mark Avagna, uh who he's writes the, this, writes all, yeah. um, have said, you know, this is basically a one joke book that he's been going for two decades. Yeah, if you have,
0: if you have read one issue of Gru. In theory, you don't need to read anymore. <laughs> but I, you should. And I, w- I would say the same about another great book that I know we both love called Asagi Yojimbo. Yes. Like, which just kind of, you know, it, it, it repeats the same formula with slight variations on it. And if you love it, you fucking love it. If you don't, it's not for you.
2: But again, it, Gru is not the hardest book to get into. No, God, it's so it, easy. Like, it's, it's Conan with even less intelligence. Like if Chris Farley was Conan. <laughs> I like that, yeah. But it, it, it's... I mean, Gru has just, it's just phenomenal the way it's written and the way it kind of reflects, um, you know, modern society as well. There's a lot of stuff in here um, that you'll sit and read and say, mm, yeah, this is going on right now. You know, yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Um, especially with uh, politics and religion. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, and this is what the the last, what was the last one called? Like, F- F- Flay of the Gods? Flay of the Gods. Play of the Gods, yeah. so This is called Play, Play of, of the, the Gods, gods yeah. issue number one. Uh, it's pretty much exactly the same premise. Uh uh Gru and his uh his h- loyal dog Referto um, make their way to a to a town um which begins by saying, I'm so glad that Gru isn't here and then Gru shows up and they're like, Oh no and, everyone and then the town, the town pretty much disappears. Yeah. <laughs> and uh then it plays into kind of like Gods and religion, and the way people dictate the yeah. way religion, the way, is... the way
2: religion sometimes spreads, and the way it sometimes forces itself onto
0: different societies, and and the things that people do in the name of gods, and then you have gods going, I don't want them to do that. So, well, that that was the cool thing about this, the fact that it cut to
2: um, the afterlife, or you know, to, to the place where the gods live, their yeah, pantheon the heavens, and yeah. um,
0: you, you see the gods bickering amongst themselves, and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's and and. Sergio Aragones is a master cartoonist. Oh, absolutely. One of the absolute best. And you've definitely seen him stuff if you've ever picked up a Mad Magazine. Um, he's he's such a great cartoonist. And this he's, is just him just doing... You he, can tell he loves this so much. Oh, it's yeah. So, his panel work's so intricate. There's so many background He's jokes one
2: of those in. few artists, I think, that could do a wordless book and still make it you know, have it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, one of those artists that he's just been at this for so long. He's just one of the best in the industry.
0: Same as um, I just I, I'll I'll go into depth in further when we do our graphic novel wrap up at the end of the month. But I I picked up last week the, another book that came out through Dark Horse, which is called um, was it lead lead pencil poisoning by um oh Jeff Darrow, Jeff Darrow yeah. lead pencil art. And we, and there's an, another book, another another artist who you know his his background work is is just you know second to none alongside Aragonas and like those greats, but just such intricate jokes everywhere oh, yeah. and grotesque Ge- bullshit
2: and Jeff Darrow's I mean he's Shaolin Cowboy stuff he's a uh, big guy and Rusty the Boy Robot and he did all the um, you know the design work for the Matrix films and stuff like that he's he's just. In, indecently talented.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Dark Horse has a lot of those guys on lock, including Sergio Argonas Pick up Gru if you haven't read a Gru. This is a great one to, to yeah, start with. Yeah, this is with. a really good place to kick off. Um, from Oni Press this week, we saw the return of one of my favorite series, uh, Kaiju Max, Yay! written and drawn by Xan Cannon This is uh, the first issue of season three. Uh, if you've not read an issue of Kaiju Max, what are you doing? Get. Uh,
2: Onto this series It is a, uh,
0: a kaiju book So like, you know, your Godzillas and your various megafauna uh, Orange new kaiju um, <laughs> uh, Except, yeah, it's, it's them uh, in, a, in, a, in a super prison
2: Yeah, and and uh, I, I particularly liked this one Because it kind of started off with um, one of the guys uh, One of the prison guards or no, the, One yeah. of the wardens um, An Australian yeah, That's right uh, Warden yeah, yeah, You know, a lot of crikey and corky How are you doings
0: <laughs> in this? Um, um it was really, really great. Yeah, this is uh it's 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 such a great book. Uh Xander Cannon's style is 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 amazing, very unique. Um
2: It's it, it the art the art itself is simple yep. but at the same time it's it, there's depth to it and very expressive. When you monsters. can bring to life, you know, a mountain.
0: Yeah, that's right. You you you're doing something right. So yeah, that's the the latest character that that, that joins the prison is a uh, a mountain who can kind of influence people's actions. Yeah, basically
2: a sentient mountain and or or a volcano even. And the, the the fact that you know it's got a face.
0: Yeah, a very angry face. Very very
2: angry face. But if you if you can bring a character like that. To, to life, you, man. I, yeah. I loved this.
0: Yeah, and it's like you know you have the the politics that, that are present in a in a in a prison drama. Mm. You have a lot of clique stuff there. It was like you know the first season even did like a prison rape scene. Yes. Um, but <laughs> and, and, and I know that sounds really heavy handed, but it actually it's dealt with like quite a large amount of emotional weight. It isn't it isn't like you know it isn't jokey.
2: Well, that's the thing. I think he handles that sort of thing really delicately.
0: Yeah. Um, it's
2: not forced, and it also. It's not done for shock value. Yeah, it progresses the story, and um, w- when you've got these amazing, you know, gigantic monsters who uh, are, are, are fighting amongst themselves for a better position in in the kaiju max, uh, it just becomes this really kind of awesome. Um, what well, like uh, you know? Well, what's, what am I looking for? Epic, uh, sort of, almost. I guess I don't know. It, it, it it's oh, hitting. I, I hitting, know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I, it's I don't fine. know. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: fun. It's heaps fun. Uh, but, the next issue has uh, a bunch of giant, ginormous gang tattooed bunny rabbits. It, it, they're like Usagi's space kind
2: weapons. of like uh, you know bad versions. I like one's carrying what looks like a huge rifle. But um, yeah, no, th- this is definitely a series that I'm just going to keep going with until it stops. It's fantastic. And there's people. excellent
0: back matter as well. You get like a, a review of a kaiju movie and then a really cool kind of uh, e- explanation of Xander of, uh, Cannon's kind of take on freelancing and why you should do the jobs that aren't necessarily great for your career that you can do, do your career-based jobs then, as ex- well as. I, like,
2: I love books that still have... Um, the 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 mail yeah uh, kind of you know le- letters in the back I, yep. I still think that's a necessary part of comics. They're
0: the only uh, single issues that I keep now. Oh really? You got to have good back matter and a letter column. Otherwise, I don't <laughs> keep the singles. Um, so surprise of the week came from Aspen Comics. Yeah um, man, this What's is going on here? Uh, the second volume of a book called Lola Exo Exo, uh, which is uh, written and drawn and created by uh, a, uh, someone called Sia Um. Oom. Sia Oom. Um, and I looked on her... Um,
2: Lettering by Zen. Her,
0: yeah, I looked on her, uh, her Twitter profile, and um, she is doing a Batman Beyond issue very uh, soon, on, which focuses on that version of Batgirl.
2: If it's anything, if, her, if the artwork in that is anything like it is in here, the art for this issue was outstanding. Standingly
0: good. The pencils, uh, in particular, and some, absolutely, some kind of, some and the coloring on, on. The colour. Yeah, it's all all really great. But yeah. there's, some, there's some pencils on their own at the end of this book, which, is, which are excellent.
2: This really, really came together. I had no idea about this book whatsoever. I'm, I, I don't um, go out of my way to read Aspen
0: Comics, um, but I, I gave this a go and I loved it. Yeah, um, it's because it, this is this is, the, this is the second volume. There are a lot of. It doesn't do that good of a job of kind of catching you up on yeah. who the characters are and what they're doing It kind of but... assumes you've already read the first series and <laughs> there are multiple references to saying it's like Asterix C, Lola, XOXO Volume, Volume one. 1 but yeah. um, I think uh, I was like I probably won't stick with this series um, but I will absolutely I don't know man I think I'm curious enough to hit issue 2 yeah, well, if if I was to stick with it, I might go back and try and read the first volume. But Sia Um, whatever her name is, uh, is someone that's on my radar now. I think she's Dude, an absolutely. artist. absolutely. If
2: um, if she gets uh, snatched up by DC or, or Marvel, best thing because um, her artwork is just just a feast for the eyes. I yeah. love it. Is is
0: Lola like? She's like a bounty hunter or something. It seems like with it. A, she, she's, and she has a team, and then there's various groups that are out to kill her. Yeah, yeah.
2: Classic comic book stuff.
0: Oh yeah, it's almost
2: kind of uh, mixing uh, an old western theme with uh, because I mean the bad guys in it are pretty modern looking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah, like an espionage western or something. Yeah, yeah, I like
2: that. I like that description. Nice.
0: (laughs) Um, IDW this week put out the first issue of Dread Gods, which is written by Ron (laughs) Mars, um, with art by Tom Rainey. It's just a new imprint called Ominous,
2: I think. Ominous Press. All right,
0: Ominous Press through. Yeah, Ominous Press through IDW. IDW. Um, and uh, so this is a, a book in a world where um, you can plug your head into this big dome and get the latest adventures or streams from the gods. Yeah, well the classic kind of so twelve you're, gods of Olympus. Yeah, Zeus and, and um and, and Hades and, and the, the and it, but it's like almost like wrestling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, now you got my attention. <laughs> So yeah, like you, the, the, this, it opens with a, a bunch of uh, townspeople like, uh, pushing their way forward to get these plugs that they can plug into themselves. Yeah, it looks so like there's the only latest. a certain amount of them available and people fight over them. Um, and, then, and then the bulk of this issue is uh, a clash between a Hydra. It was fun to see um, a character in a book yell out Hydra and it not to be... Not so, being Marvel. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's an actual Hydra, um, you know, a, a multi-headed beast. And I think, who is it Tom Rainey on
2: Pencils? It is. And Tom Rainey's actually kind of doing... I mean, I've liked Tom Rainey's stuff since his days at Image. But um, the,
0: some, especially you know, with the reveal of the Hydra itself, uh, some of the art's just wow. Yeah, real good stuff. Um, yeah. So Zeus starts taking on this Hades and then uh, realizes there are too many heads. So he says, come to me, my godlings. And then his he's... Uh, his, <laughs> to his, be my G-Man. Yeah, Ares, Taichi, Achilles, Hera, Apollo and Artemis show up and uh, they all and take on. And basically, like you said, there's a big wrestling smackdown. Yep, and, and, then, uh, and then Hades shows up. And then uh, it's the end of the uh, issue and... Hades we- just looks like the rock in a helmet. Um, and then, we, yeah, we see the, our, our, our guy who, who plugged in at the beginning say, it's not over, it's just the beginning. Yes. So it's going to be continued. Uh, it, it's, it's
2: interesting because, I mean, it, it, this is, for those of you who are reading kind of um, Marvel and.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/achieve today.
2: Image comics in the '90s, it's got that uh, Bart Sears feel to it. You know, big muscle people and n- nice, um, nice pencils and lines. But muscle uh, people, yeah, big, big, huge. We're talking over the top, muscled to people here. But um, it, it, it's also got a fair amount of, um, I guess. It, it, it's, it's emotive, because some of the facial expressions in this are just really, really cool.
0: Yeah, this is a fun little issue. Um, and then the, the the second part of the issue I didn't bother reading. Uh, giant yeah, Killers. Yeah, I, I kind of... Which is written, th- written in art by Bart
2: Sears. That's so Bart Sears, yeah. yeah. Who looks like he's making a comeback uh, somehow, well, I guess through IDW. I got through about four pages and went nut.
0: Nah. Yeah, I'm the same. I, and this is going to... I don't know why it's, this is in here, but it's, there's a... A, a book called uh, Giant Killers, which is probably going to be on the same imprint. Which is well, there's an too. ad
2: back here as well for you know. I mean, this whole new uh, Ominous Press universe. It looks like they're going to have a fair few titles,
0: right? Um, oh, did, don't tell me Ominous Press put out. Oh no, that was someone different. There there's an ad for Diablo House. No, no, up no, up it wasn't up. that? I but it looks so like uh, we'll get,
2: we can expect titles like Infinity or now uh, what is it? O- Ominous Press Legendary. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll keep, keep up to date with those. You can tag in if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, uh, also from uh, Keen Spot this week, we had a book called Immortal, Mm. uh, written by Rob Potchak with art by Owen Giani, two creators that I've never heard of before.
2: Wasn't um, this the artist for Old Rat Queens? Oh, really? I think.
0: Maybe. Oh, so this is like the bad bloke.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. I think it might be. We'll have to to look that one up. But, um, yeah, I I mean, Immortal was kind of like... I don't know, how would you describe this? Okay, here, here's it was, how I it is going.
0: I'm a big fan of trying not to be negative um, of a book that isn't necessarily for me. Hmm. Um, this is the new artist from uh, from Rat King. Oh, no, from like the old new, ones. Yeah, don't worry, okay, sorry. he's one the bad books, um, uh, but. I'm a massive fan of Old Guard right now, which is about a bunch <laughs> of immortal warriors, um, you know, contemplating what it's like to be alive forever and not be able to die. Um, and it's handled with nuance. It's uh, it's the characters are really really easy to uh, uh, relate to, even though they're these you know centuries old warriors. Um, it's a excellent excellent book by Greg Rucka um, and Leandro. Uh, and Millie this Andrew, is man. maybe not so. This is the least subtle version of Old Guard.
2: Okay, one of the characters during a fight. <laughs> Uh, starts quoting Metallica. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, and then, I'm not going to say anything. I'm a Metallica fan, but it's not something that pops up in, usually in the middle of a fight with a giant overgrown... I don't even know what that thing is. And, but then, and then
0: he says to the female um, immortal, um, I might not have gotten to see you walk away about her, her butt, and so she slaps him. Slaps and he's him. Like, Worth, Worth it! it. <laughs> and then there's like, yeah, like the uh, kind of uh, guy's been turned into a monster. Um, it, it's almost like their version of
2: hulk really because yeah. I mean, he, he kind of yeah you, you see him um turn it back into a human
0: again but yeah, yeah it's if you wanted a Ke- kevin smith-esque immortals <laughs> comic uh, a Immortal <laughs> might perfect. be one for you <laughs> uh finally um and you may have read one or two more that i didn't well um, well you want to do this yeah um so let's hit let's
2: hit let's hit red five comics first
0: okay red five comics uh, what do they put out not much that I'm aware of. TNA Comics, right?
2: No, no, not really. Mm, right. I mean, uh, uh, Red 5 have been kind of a, one of those steady, smaller publishers that um, we do, you know, get their stuff in. It's just not uh, up there with, uh, say, you know, the likes of Boom Studios or Dynamite or whatnot. But this new series, uh, a four-issue mini series called After Eden, um, which is written by Scott Chitwood and with art by Rod Thornton, um, it kind of... Uh, drew my
0: interest Yeah because... it, was, it was interesting enough It's, it's basically like, It's what ha- exactly what happens After the uh, Classic Bible story oh. uh, In which Adam and Eve The first two people Who were created by God uh, get tempted by the devil and they eat an apple and then they get banished from yeah, the Garden of Eden this is basically the day after being kicked out of Eden that's right and yeah. um so you have uh, some angels that have to look over them in a way and then some uh some of uh, Satan's crew who are trying to make their lives as difficult as possible
2: they, these these angels kind of turn into different animals so they won't be spotted by Adam and Eve um
0: but yeah it's it was it was a kind of cool story I liked it yeah, I don't know if it's if it's one necessarily for me, I probably won't stick with it, but I, I, I it was it was interesting enough. I yeah.
2: Did, yeah, yeah. Look, the subject matter kind of it, it interests me and um it, it's also a part of I guess um the you know that whole biblical story that uh isn't um retold often what what happened, you know, especially the day after or well, the, the the weeks after um Adam and Eve were kicked out. Um but it's it, the artwork itself is is nice. It's very loosely penciled though. Yeah. You know, um, seeing—I mean, there's 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 um, little mm-hmm. panels in here where Adam kind of—I um, don't know what—that's that, it's that's, it's that's a very what's his name from Big Top and Little China kind of look. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. You know, Kurt, you know, Kurt Russell is like Adam. I can see that.
0: Yeah, there's some very there's, there's, there's some of the cross hatching. in this isn't so much cross hatching as it is just kind of scribbling over. Yeah, the top almost fill in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, there are, there are some nice uh, nice. But if here.
2: you're up, you know, if you're looking for a kind of a new take. On one of the oldest stories there is, pick it up,
0: check it out. So you read two books that I didn't. I don't know how I missed these. I'm okay, gonna, I I'm sort of Scott. read two books. <laughs> okay, don't blame Scott for not putting these in my pile. I, uh, I,
2: I another one through IDW publishing. Uh, their Winona Earp series has just gotten a new miniseries. I've not read any of this or watched any of this. Me thing. either. So that's probably why it was really difficult for me to get through just three or four pages of this. The artwork looks um, right. The artwork's nice. It, it's got, I assume this has kind of got a lot to do with uh, the TV show itself, because there are characters in here. I have no idea who they are. Um, and uh, it's building up to something. Maybe, I think this may be, it looks like a prequel to the, uh, the TV series itself. And while I, I, it looks really great and the art and the coloring's colouring's really nice, uh, I guess you know the I've not watched any of it, I've not read any of it. it didn't so grab you? Didn't grab me at all. So now, definitely one for, the, oh, wait, for wait, those wait, of look, you who already watched the show. For, yeah, just 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 to put it in there, it's not for me. Ah, thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, uh, and
0: uh, then uh, finally, from Boom we oh, have War for the Planet of the Apes. This
2: is possibly my my favourite reader this week. Um, oh, shit, it was
0: written by David F. Walker. Why dude. the fuck didn't I read this? <laughs>
2: I have been a huge fan of the uh, the Planet of the Apes reboots. Uh, yeah. I love the movies. And this is a prequel to the third film, which right. is about to be released. And it is good. It's, it's got that, like the films, it's got kind of that Last of Us feel to it. And uh, this is basically, I think it's going to go directly into the first scene of the third film, you get int- reintroduced to characters like Caesar and whatnot and some, some of the new human characters in it as well and what they've been up to since the second film. And it's, it's great. It's, it's really, really well written. It's really well done. And I, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, there's, there's a couple of Americanisms in this that um, were lost on me. Right. But at, at the same time, you know what? Monkeys versus humans, guns. Which side do you pick? I, I I want to pick the monkeys, but um, <laughs> at the same time, um, you also kind of get uh, a, an introduction to um, Woody Harrelson's, Woody Harrelson's character in right. this as well. And yeah, this if you're a fan of the films, pick this up because what I think what happens in this four issue miniseries is going to be pretty important.
0: Yeah, written by David F. Walker with art by Jonas F. Uh, sorry, Jonas Schaff and colors by Jason Wardy. Excellent. Great books, thank you so much, Jim, for uh, joining me for this uh, edition of First Things First. You're more than welcome, man. Hell and uh, your, your your prize is that you get to roll the dice for DC, Marvel, Ooh. Image. You know, I'm, uh, so you're going to go back to your work. I'm going to spend the next hour well, we'll talking talking to myself <laughs> because I couldn't find anyone else that wanted to read all the comics that I read yeah, each week. Yeah, that dude, that's that that's an is a at uh, Look at so, that. So uh, yeah, every week to decide whether we review uh, Image, uh, DC, or Marvel, we roll a dice, which is what Jim is going to do right now. So it's one to two, we review Image first. Three to four, Marvel, and five to six, DC. First roll, it's spinning, spinning, it's, so spinning, this spinning. Is not how you do spinning. it. It's texting too long. No, uh, it's a four. Marvel first. Marvel first. Uh, and Then uh, I- Image D- and then DC. DC. Thank DC. you so much, Jim. Jim, if uh, anyone listening wants to come and find you, just come to King's Comics, 310 Pitt Street. Uh, see the work of Jim on all of the shelves because he <laughs> orders all the books <laughs> Again, in. Again, it's all my fault. And, uh, if, and if you can't find anything, just bang on that back office door. Demand mm. Jim answers your every single complaint, right? That's what you like, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll be up for it while I'm
0: ignoring it. Um, and you are uh, on social media you want to tag your your Instagram account where you post many what me? the hell is an Instagram you don't have Instagram no, you don't no, no. Oh, I've got a Facebook page that's, yeah, a, that's, that's your, your it. personal yeah. just find him on King's just, just find me on King's I'm there he shows up in the uh, <laughs> when you guys recreate the covers I, I love seeing your head in those
2: <laughs> yeah no, apparently they're pretty popular but yeah and, and, <laughs> if you need me that's where I am
0: excellent well thank you so much Jim look forward to uh, yelling questions uh, at you in Sweet, future episodes wait. cheers Alright, strap yourselves in everyone, it's just me from now on, your good friend Levins just fucking talking to himself in the King's Comics back office for the next half hour to an hour, reviewing all of the new Marvel books, DC books, Image books and other publishers. Let's kick things off with Marvel, again thanks to our our, uh, our guest host Jim, aka Jim Bone, for doing such a great job. Um, Let's kick things off for Marvel with The Defenders, issue number three by Brian Michael Bendis, David Marquez, and uh, colors by Justin Ponzor. Um, It's kind of fun reviewing this book without Siobhan because I know she doesn't like it. um, And I'm okay with it. This is a, a new dawn of the age of bearable Bendis. Uh, And uh, this is the book, of course, uh, featuring Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist. And uh, it features the return of a trope that Bendis used to do a lot back in uh, the comics that made me really like him. Uh, He used to do it a lot in his Daredevil run uh, in Powers as well, where you just have the talking heads all kind of adding different parts, like basically just various different characters offering little parts of the story. And so in this one, we kind of see like the backstory between the, the backstory of what happened between Luke Cage and Diamondback and where Diamondback has been and why, how crazy is he's come back. But it's told by just different people in New York, some of which are characters in this book, others of whom are like deli owners and nightclub goers and nuns. Um, It's classic Bender shit. And it's the classic Bender shit that made me really like him to begin with. Um, So I thought that was really, really cool. And uh, this book is, you know, I mean, as a story, it's fine. Classic uh, Siobhan quote there for you. I miss her very much. Um, but uh, I know it's, it's fun. It's fine and fun. It's Foon. Um, and I look forward to issue number four um the big event going on in marvel right now is secret empire so here are some secret empire tie in reviews for you beginning with uh secret warriors issue number four written by matt rosenberg with um art by jose garon uh sorry javier garon and colors by israel silver um i love this book um maybe it's because of the incredible Tradmore covers which i hope just kind of continues for the entire extent of this run i also hope this 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 book just continues post secret empire because i think the uh the group which is uh quake moon girl devil dinosaur ms marvel inferno karnak and this new guy leah um is a really cool team and i think having like karnak and ms marvel and moon girl on the same team they're all very drastically different characters having them all on the same team is uh is really fun Uh, and every issue has been very fun until this one where it gets quite dark but I think it handles the the balance of uh, the light and the dark parts of uh, all the characters really really well and uh, it ends on a cliffhanger where someone dies obviously they're not fucking dead but that's how comics work everybody they're dead for now Um, I also really enjoyed Deadpool issue number 33 by Jerry Duggan with um, Matteo Lolly and Mike Hawthorne on, on pencils with uh, inks by a bunch of other people and colors by somebody else. But uh, this is the one probably has my favorite cover of the week, uh, which has uh, Deadpool um, at, at at a principal's office that his daughter is sitting out the front of. And uh, c- because this is set in the Secret Empire uh, time, um, it's a Hydra-owned uh, school. And so there is a big sign-up that says, Miss one detention, two more will take its place. That is a good joke, ladies and gentlemen. Comics should make more jokes like that. Um, this uh, just kind of sets up... Um, Deadpool's kind of space, like, you know, his headspace in Secret Empire. For a tie-in book, this is way better than it, you know, should be. It's the, the emotion behind this very jokey character and how he fits in this current world that he kind of thought he was on the, the right side of because Captain America told him to go and kill Coulson uh, last issue. Um, and now he's realizing that uh, Hydra is no good, everyone. And uh, I guess we're going to find out what Deadpool's long play is here in the next issue. Um, I'm really enjoying Deadpool, and I'm definitely going to go back and read the entire run. Um, so, you know what? People, people talk shit on uh, tying in comics to events, but in this case, it's made me want to go and read all the stuff that came before it. So, I guess that's good. Um, Uncanny Avengers this week, issue number 25, written by Jim Zub, with uh, a bunch of different artists. Um, uh, this is a bit of a mess, this book. Um, the the story was alright. The, the art by Kim Jacinto, Janoye Lindsay, and Juanan Ramirez is... Uh, capable when one of them does it and less capable when another one does it and fine when the other one does it. I don't know who any of the artists are and they'd make no way of saying which artist is which. So it's kind of like a very interchanging kind of art book, which I don't normally like. Um, this is a, for whatever reason, it's a four ninety nine book. It's like slightly bigger than your average issue. Uh, it's a very slow story in which not much happens. It's a t- classic tie-in book where a bunch of heroes solve some, a, a pretty low level problem. Uh, it's all about rogue defeating a monster and um, Dr. Voodoo's been possessed by something and they band together and they solve the problem and it's all wrapped up really neatly and I don't think this is worth 4 dollars um, and it's a classic example of Marvel being dickheads um, Marvel are not dickheads though whenever they put out a new issue of The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl by Ryan North and Erica Henderson, and Rico Renzi. Um, this is, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I fucking love this book. And uh, this one sends um, uh, Nancy and Squirrel Girl to the Savage Land, which is a a part of the Marvel Universe that I love very deeply when it's handled the right way. Essentially, it is an island filled with dinosaurs. And uh, there's... Uh, there's some great travel jokes here when Squirrel Girl and Nancy um, realize they, they they win a competition, basically, to go to the Savage Land. Nancy uh, had no idea that dinosaurs roamed the Earth, uh, and so there's a, just her just being so excited that there are dinosaurs in, in her universe, which is very cool. Um, and because they won the competition, they can't just teleport there, so they have to uh, go on a really long um Really long flight, and um, if you if you read this book, you know that there's some hilarious kind of like meta commentary on what you're reading at the bottom of each page by um, Ryan North, who writes the book. Um, and at one point, like when they when they take the flight from from New York to Savage Land, they kind of say that you know this part of the trip takes forever. With all the flying and transfers and connecting flights to fully emulate the airplane experience, please do nothing but stare at this panel for at least 19 hours. So, you know, where I was just complaining about Uncanny Avengers 25 being not worth $4.99 because it took me like, like three minutes to read a $5 book, uh, this $4 book uh, took me 19 hours, 20 minutes to read. And uh, that's that's good value for money. I love this book so much. I hope it never ends. It's my favorite creative team and my favorite Marvel book, I think. I'm going to change my mind. Probably by the end of this segment, uh, Edge of Venom Verse number two, um, is uh, a continuation of uh, this kind of uh, build up to this big Venom uh event that's happening in the Venom books uh, and the Spidey books, kind of like a take on the Spider Verse books eventually. But uh, this is these kind of prelude books, kind of take famous or in this case not so famous uh, Marvel characters and bond them with Venom for a one and done kind of story that I think we're going to see these characters kind of be a part of the bigger event when it happens Um, the first book was all about X-23 and was written by Matt Rosenberg I really really loved it Uh, on the front cover it says that this issue is by Rosenberg too so I got excited but it's actually written by Christopher Hastings because this is a Gwenpool book um, and uh, where the X-23 Venomverse book was quite like it was dark and but it's still fun because you know laura is a much darker character than gwenpool which is a even more meta version of deadpool because she is someone from our world who has kind of been transported into the marvel universe and is very aware that she's in a comic book so it's that but she has the parasite the venom sorry the symbiote attached to her and uh, this just kind of like you know i mean if you were already a fan of the gwenpool character this is fine but uh, this has just annoyed me and i hope that she doesn't play a big part in the venomverse event the character is just not familiar not at all. Uh, Black Panther and the crew this week, issue number four by Tana Coates, um, and who else writes this one? Uh, Yona Harvey with uh, pencils by Butch Geiss. This book is uh, you know all about the coming together of um, Black Panther, Misty Night, Storm, Luke Cage, and Manifold. Um, however, they're kind of really taking their time with introducing each, basically getting getting all the members of the crew together, um, and uh, it's kind of the anchors are Misty Night and Storm, which I really like, um, but we, we only kind of get. Uh, little glimpses of Luke Cage and Black Panther in this issue. Um, Manifold hasn't shown up yet. Apparently that's what issue five is all about. The bulk of this story now is a kind of about the backstory about this uh, um, this character who, in, this kind of, uh, is he Queens? A, a New York kind of infamous kind of guy who, who has a, a, a long, a backstory in which he dabbled with dark arts and magic and superpowers. Um, Ezra is his name. Uh, this is a cool story and I'm um, I, I really looking forward to reading the full thing, but I kind of feel like I, I, I kind of wish that Marvel had just made this a, like a graphic novel I think it would have been a much better read if it all just came out at once um, so there's that I don't know uh, I still enjoy it though just wish I was reading it all in one hit um, issue number 8 of Hulk this week by uh, Mariko Tamaki with uh, art by Jorge uh, Duarte colours by Matt Miller um, finally uh, we see Jennifer Walters uh, hulking out a bunch but unfortunately it's tied into this like really goofy, I mean, I guess it's kind of fun, but it's, it's quite stark in that the first, you know, six issues of this run has, was not fun at all. And then we just get this very, very like silly kind of reality TV show in which, uh, it's like a cooking show and the guy who films the cooking show slips the host of the cooking show, uh, like some monster juice. And then he turns into like a Hulk-esque monster um and i think that the, I'm, I'm happy to see this a bit lighter but i think it's too light for for the vibe they were going for in the in the start of this run so uh, i don't know maybe that's my fault for complaining that it was too dark but uh i'm still going to be on board because the cover of the next issue is a really great cover featuring um she hulk and hellcat and i like that pairing and i'll keep reading that um one of my one of the most underrated books in Mar- that marvel putting out right now is uh doctor strange and the sorcerer supreme uh written by robbie thompson uh with colors but sorry with it's usually art by um heavy rodriguez and i was bummed to see that it was a new artist uh taking over because i love Javier rodriguez but uh this is a, a very good artist called nathan stockman taking over so it was fine i was in good hands um colors on this one by tamra bombyon so you know that shit is going to be fucking great um but uh Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme is like basically about Doctor Strange being like the least powerful of all the magicians in this like kind of, uh, a Sorcerer Supreme, like a kind of a team of sorcerers from different timelines and realities kind of banding together to, um, to like they, they battle Isaac Newton in the first few issues. But now we, um, we basically kind of see more on this future version of Wiccan, um, and, uh, his, his version of the X-Men, um, it's a really, really cool, almost a one-shot, and um, then it sends them even further into the future where there is a, a, a return character that we've not seen in Marvel books for quite a while, and their surprise is really, really good. Um, this is just a super fun book, and um, I'm, it's one of those books that I'm very surprised is still going because I, I don't know the readership of it, and it's very, uh, like, the, a lot of the characters aren't aren't very prominent characters. Like, you know, when Doctor Strange is like, kind of like the biggest character on the team, you know that... You know, it doesn't have a a massive appeal to it to a a broader range of readers. But um, this is a really really cool book. If you haven't checked it out, I'm sure the first trade is out there. There's a there's a choose your own adventure issue. I highly recommend this this run. It's really fun. Um, Over to X Men books right now. Jean Grey, issue number four. I think this is easily the best X-Men book coming out right now. Um, even though I did not like that first issue, it's gotten better and better since. In, actually, no, I, I like two and three more than this one. Uh, but basically, each issue is uh, basically Jean Grey kind of going to a different corner of the Marvel Universe and having an adventure with a character. And this one is her battling alongside the unworthy Thor. So Odinson, uh, she finds him drinking his uh, sorrows away in a bar as a bunch of uh, frost giants or, or just no, just kind of like... Uh, orcs are kind of Banding together To destroy him And um, she uh, She basically Wants wants him To teach her How to be a warrior And it's a Kind of fun adventure Featuring this funny Silly drunk version Of the unworthy Thor Written by Dennis Hopeless art uh, By Harvey Tolabao I like this series A lot And it looks like The next issue Is going to be A team up uh, With Psylocke So we're going back To the X-Men world then Which is good I think Dennis Hopeless Has a good grasp Of, of X-Men stuff And I, I like him He's a great writer um, Generation X um, issue number four, written by Christina Strain, with um, art by regular artist Amilcar Carpina, who, like, I, I'm a fan of because it's just the art is just so weird. Um, but then suddenly halfway through the book, the um, art s- switches over to one of our favorite artists from the last year, um, Martin Morazzo, uh, who uh, who he he, did, he he does a bunch of stuff um, with um, with David F. Walker. Um, he did um, a few feeling issues of uh, of, of Nighthawk, and he also did that really great art book. Um, with, on IDW about the, the, the crimes in art. I can't remember what it was called, but I loved his art in that. But when he shows up, it's suddenly like, oh, I like this art way more. I wish he was on the book. Uh, anyway, this uh, issue was fine with great art from Martin Morazzo uh, I'm kind of glad I'm not reading any other X-Men books, though, because it seems kind of stale, and the idea of the X-Men books tying into Secret Empire just sounded like double boring this week. Um, over to Star Wars right now, and uh, we get the ninth issue of Dr. Aphra, by Kieran Gillen and Kev Walker. You may remember me complaining about how much I hated the Screaming Citadel, which was the uh, tie-in event between um, the Star Wars book and Dr. Aphra that has been happening the last month or two. Um, thank goodness that's over, and we don't have a uh, super photo reference artist doing uh, Dr. Aphra and her companions. Instead, uh, we get the return of Kevin Walker, who is an awesome, awesome cartoonist, and uh, this all these Star Wars books should be drawn in this kind of more classic cartooning style. No more photo referency bullshit. It doesn't work. It looks gross. It looks scary. Um, this story follows on from Screaming Citadel. Um, it's not quite as good as it was when this series started, which was only, what, like like nine issues ago. But um, it's still fun. I just burped. Normally, if uh, Siobhan was here, I would not burp and let her talk, and then I would do a secret burp while she was talking. But she's not here, and these are the things that happen. Anyway, it looks like Darth Vader is going to be part of this book again, which is cool. Huh <sighs> All right, over to DC now uh, for issue number 26 of Wonder Woman. This is the start of a new arc with a new creative team after Greg Rucker and uh, a a plethora of amazing artists just finished up their run with issue 25. Uh, This is uh, the beginning of a new one. It's called Heart of the Amazon. And uh, the creative team, we have uh, writer Shaya Fontana, uh, Mirka and Dolfo on art with colors by Romulo Fiado Jr., and um, I thought this was a nice extension of uh, of what we saw in the Rucker run. Um, I don't think it's a drastic um, kind of uh, story turn, but in 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 terms of tone, it's actually a lot more in line with what we saw in the Wonder Woman movie. While not being like that gross synergy kind of vibe, it just it, it kind of mixes what I liked about Greg Rucker's run with what I like about the uh, you know super hopeful version of Wonder Woman that we saw in, in the in the uh, recent movie. Um, and uh, so yeah, we see this kind of story that is uh, quite quite you know, the, the, removed from the action you, you would associate with the Wonder Woman book. Um, and uh, then we see a big, big time cliffhanger happen on the final page. Um, I don't really, really want to go into it, the story too much until I've read more of where they're going with this arc because they introduce a bunch of stuff in this and then there's a big cliffhanger. So I don't really want to spoil what happens. But I think hopefully when wants back, um, there'll be more issues of this out and, uh, and we could talk about it in depth. But rest assured, I think that Wonder Woman is in great hands uh, following Greg Rucker's departure. Um, Over to Batman now, the first ally uh, is the uh, final arc that um, Scott Snyder is uh, writing for his All-Star Batman series with art by uh, Raphael Albuquerque, and then there's a backup written by Raphael Albuquerque at the back. Um, This is a a classic case of um, Snyder introducing way too much bullshit in one issue. Um, it kind of uh, is, a, is, a, is a fun story that ties into Alfred's uh, kind of rewritten origins where he was a punk kid before becoming a butler and that those parts of it are really great but the current parts which involve like uh, hush and um, everyone thinking that Bruce Wayne is hush and then everyone thinking that Batman is dressed up as Bruce Wayne instead of going hey Batman is Bruce Wayne. I thought it was a bit of a stretch. Um, In any case, it's still an immensely readable comic, like everything Scott Snyder writes. So uh, if you're enjoying it, you probably are. Uh, Batman Detective Comics, issue 960 this week, is uh, written by James Tiddy IV the Fourth, with really, really wonderful art by um, Alvaro Martinez, and um, inks by... uh, Raul Fernandez, Colors by Brad Anderson. Uh, you've got uh, Batman hanging out with Zatanna as um, they kind of go through their backstories and um, she teaches Bruce more about magic. And while that's going on, you have uh, a big Azrael plot um, as uh, the kind of dark church that uh, that gave him his spooky Azrael powers are kind of causing havoc in Gotham. And uh, you see uh, Batwing and Batwoman having to team up to deal with... Uh, this kind of fun mix of mystical arts and, and technology. It's really fun. I loved, I just love that. This is a, this is a, a superb run. I think one of, one of the, one of the great runs uh, from rebirth that just really just does whatever the fuck it wants and does a great job of doing it. Um, so yeah, detective comics doing great stuff. Um, Action comics. Nine, uh, issue number 983 uh, written by Dan Jurgens with uh, art by um, Victor Bondonovich who uh, i I loved over on new Superman, but Billy Tan is doing that now uh but uh you know what man I think action at the moment I am enjoying more than the uh, regular Superman run uh that uh that Gleason and um fucking old mate what's his name are doing uh but uh yeah action action comics is this what they're doing is there's a massive team up of uh some of Superman's greatest foes you've got Mongol Zod. Uh, cyborg, Superman, Eradicator, Metallo, and Blank, uh, and then uh, Superman's been blinded, but luckily a bunch of his friends have come running to his aid. Um, you got Supergirl, you got Lex Luthor, you got Superwoman, you got Steel, and most excitingly, you have uh, is it Keenan Kong, the uh, Chinese new Superman, come to uh, help him out. And so there's this really fun battle when they all kind of each try and take on each other, and uh, it ends with them all being shot into the Phantom Zone. And it looks like it's up to Lois and, uh, and John Kent to save the day. It's really, really fun. It's nonstop. It lives up to its name. It's, an, it's a, a comic that's full of action. What else could you expect from an action comics? Thank you very much, everybody. I'm at Left Dog on Twitter. Um, New Superman, issue number 13, Shanghai Under Siege, part one. I love this book. Written by uh, Jean Luan Yang with art by Billy Tan. Um, as it's continued on, and I love that this book is allowed to have gone for 13 issues. I feel like you would have gotten like four over, over if this was a Marvel book, but uh, we're seeing more and more uh, characters. They're kind of analogies of, of regular, of sorry, American DC characters. And so we see a, uh, one of the Chinese Batman's foes uh, returns in the form form of a kind of character like Bane. He even has like venom being pumped into him. Uh, So I really enjoyed that. And uh, it looks like they're really building towards something really fun and epic as uh, the new Superman kind of takes on the responsibilities in the way that he should and starts leading the Justice League of China. It's fun. This is a really great book. Uh, Pick this one up for sure. Suicide Squad by Rob Williams and um, art by uh, Gus Vasquez. I definitely fucked his name up. Sorry, Gus. Um, This is uh, basically the the squad uh, out in their first mission with um, Harley as the new leader of the Suicide Squad. And uh, shit's fucking up everywhere. Um, You see the Enchantress kind of show the full extent of her powers. Uh, Meanwhile, Amanda Waller has been taken to trial. Um, And uh, there's a whole bunch of crazy shit going on. I don't know. I read this like five days ago. I can't remember what happened. Uh, But I'm sure it's cool. Uh, oh yeah, it was cool. We see the next kind of uh, the next kind of big threat to everyone, and uh, it looks like all the Suicide Squad are going to explode. So that might happen. Uh, issue number twenty-four of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps uh, by Robert Venditti with Ethan Van Sciver. Uh, this is uh, another issue of this book that uh, heaps of lantern stuff happens in, and uh, it's fine. Oh man, this is getting exhausting. <laughs> uh Red Hood and the Outlaws number 12, uh, written by Scott Lobdell with um art by uh Dexter Soy. Now this is a book that every time I review it I'm like this book's really good. How come it's this good? Um and uh this is yeah, the, the the team up of Bizarro with um Artemis and uh Jason Todd as Red Hood. Um and uh this one deals with basically I mean look the 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 front cover is uh, Bizarro's logo, which is the backwards um, Batman, uh, Superman logo with blood dripping off it. And uh, I'm going to tell you that the character potentially dies in this issue, so you can make of that what you will. But um, there's a level of pathos and kind of just like it's not heavy-handed at all, this death. it's it, The emotional level is quite quite sweet, um, and I, it's not something that I ever kind of expected uh Scott is a writer to every do to ever do. So I think he's a uh, he's he's really surprising on this book Old Scotty. Um I highly recommend this one as well. It's a cool it's a cool run. Another underrated DC run. Um finally over to Young Animal right now. Flying through these reviews without Siobhan here to argue with me about what's what's good and why I shouldn't say things are the best. Um but uh Bug the Adventures of Forager issue number 3 written by Lee Alred, art by Michael Alred and colors by Laura Alred, The Family Affair. Oh sorry, Michael uh that Michael and Leah are, are storytellers. Uh, this is the kind of big celebration of Kirby and the new gods, um, told in like the classic kind of, uh, old red madman esque fashion where, uh, it's, you know, super fun and self-referential and goofy and silly. And there's all kinds of wacky characters, including, uh, bug, the main character who is the wackiest of all. Um, but it's a really, really fun, fun ride from start to finish the art. There's some brilliant panel layouts in this book. And, um, we're kind of seeing more and more of the mystery of, of, of Bug that he's trying to work out for himself unravel as, as the book continues. It's a fun, it's a fun issue. And uh, the most exciting thing about the Young Animal books is uh, the backup material. You always get these kind of bonus comics and uh, we, got a, we got an essay last time, we got all kinds of crazy shit. And this one we get a, um, a, a return to um, the character of Midnight, which is a character created by the comics legend Jack Cole. Um, and it's written and drawn by James Harvey in like a kind of throwback golden age, but like something you would honestly expect to see from Fantagraphics. It's called Midnight in the Phantom Zone, featuring this weird character who is like a um, a big time radio announcer by day, and then uh, he is a crime fighter who has like a vacuum gun, and his suit is equipped with light receptive vanta vanta black filaments. Um, and yeah, he's, he's Midnight by night, and this is him. Uh, being sent to the Phantom Zone, so just like Action Comics, we have another character being sent to the uh, to the Phantom Zone to solve a mystery. Um, it's like only three pages long, and it was one of the best things I read this week. Midnight in the Phantom Zone. I know, I know, this is like against what everyone in a comic book store will tell you, but if you get a second, find this third issue of Bug: The Adventures of Forager. Turn to the back and read those final three pages. Who knows? It might even convince you to read every, every single Young Animal book. So, a really comic book shop should, should be thanking me for that business. Oh, uh, god damn it. I said I was meant to review image books after after Marvel, but I did DC next because it was the biggest pile. I just wanted to burn through it. Oh well. Um sorry to the, the god of dice. I I disobeyed your actions. And to Jim. Jim, your your dice rolls today were completely pointless and for nothing. Oh damn it. <laughs> sorry. Um so three image books for to review for you today. Uh we have Deadly Class, issue number twenty nine, written by Rick Remender with Wes Craig. And Jordan Boyd. Um this is by far, for me, like the the best book Rick Remender is doing at the moment. Um, it's the uh, like in, in short, it is a a school for assassins, and there it's you know still a high school drama, except everyone wants to kill each other, and you have like the goths and the metalheads and um all the different kind of it's set in the eighties, so you, you have all these different, all every different kind of like kind of kid from the eighties, except they're also assassins, and uh, he's woven quite an insane kind of murderous melodrama uh, from the start. And, um, you know, the, the all kinds of twist characters you thought were dead are not dead anymore and characters you thought shouldn't die are dead. So suck shit. But um, this, is, this is actually quite a fun and funny issue. Um, we, we, we saw a metalhead and a goth character from, so a, a freshman metalhead and uh, one of the characters from from last, the last kind of uh, year of, of school, one of the original uh, goths from, the, from from last year, uh, kind of going out and uh, for a night of fun. And uh, I thought this was a really great issue and kind of testament to Rick Remander's ability to, to blend the uh, really heavy, uh, murderous aspects of this uh, issue and the kind of like uh, schoolyard politics of this series uh, with some really fun stuff of just teenagers goofing off. Um, I love this book. It's so great. And Wes Craig is a uh, fantastic cartoonist and brilliant colours by, uh, by Jordan Boyd. And also shouts to Russ Wooten for doing good letters um regression this week by Cullen bunn danny luckett and marie enger uh, this is a book about the guy a guy who's like been taken over by bugs and he keeps seeing visions of bugs and uh, this like weird bug god is killing heaps of people and this book saw the bug god take over the guy in short i'm not gonna be reading issue four okay next review <laughs> uh black cloud issue number four written by jason Latour, ivan brandon Greg Hinkle and Matt Wilson. That's an incredible team on a book that, again, I don't think this is lending itself to single-issue format at all. Maybe the... I I, I can't think of a book that has been more guilty of that. This book is absolutely a book you should be reading in trade. Um, As you can tell, there's something very impressive building here. The art by Greg Hinkle is incredible. Such good art. He's such a good artist, and especially when matched with The Great Colours by Matt Wilson. But the storytelling is... uh, Like, it's all over the place but then you kind of expect it to be so wild and weird that when you realize they're referencing something that happened in issue one i kind of spent the majority of this issue going oh they're referencing something that i haven't seen or heard of before and then i think they're referencing what happened in issue one um i don't know it's still really fun so i'm definitely going to stick with it but um it definitely is like you know if you've been thinking about picking this one up wait for the trade to come out Black cloud. There definitely is something really great here. It just hasn't truly revealed itself just yet. So there's our image reviews, our Marvel reviews and our DC reviews, which leaves us with a couple of other uh, comics published by other people. Uh, I, I didn't get around to reading a few books this week. I didn't read Darth Vader or the sovereigns or judge Dredd or American gods or world reader or venom or rocket raccoon, but I may read them and get back to you next week about what they were like. Um, it's hard to read 50 books on your own in the cold while it rains, uh, Grass Kings issue number five through Boom Studios, written by Matt Kent with art by Tyler Jenkins. This has been quite a, you know, classic Matt Kent, very uh, like getting in into the heads and minds of uh, the people who have chosen to live in this kind of gated off community from the rest of society, and what those people outside of the society think of that gated community. Um, but it's been like a, quite a quiet, kind of somber series with the odd death uh, splashed. In between every every you know second issue or so, uh, and then this issue just turns into all out war between those on the inside and those on the out, um, like straight up war. There's there's there, there's there's planes and uh, and and all kinds of uh, heavy artillery and gunfights. Uh, it's an action issue where the, the, where the, the previous issues you know you would kind of. Slowly read at a, at a really nice pace as you got to know these characters and taken in Tyler Jenkins' beautiful um, watercolor art. This one you just burn, I burned through this so fast because the action is, uh, is 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 addictive and you and you it's told kind of using this uh, device where uh, the main character remembers telling a, uh, a, a a bedtime story to his daughter about you know a, a knight walking into war and as, as he himself walks into this war. It's a great issue. I love this series. One of my favorite issues of the week, Misfit City number three, also through Boom, through their Boom Box imprint. Um, I think I might drop this. I don't know. I love that first issue so much. This is the kind of take on the Goonies, like a modern day take on the Goonies, in which you have a, a bunch of girls who work in a, a, a t- who live in a town where a Goonies esque movie was filmed in the eighties and lots of dickheads just show up to fuck their town up and because it was in the movie and they don't have respect for the, the people that live there. Um, but then they themselves stumble upon a map and uh, they're very, very slowly going to try and look for treasure at one point, but they're taking their sweet time doing it. There is a pretty fun seance... How do you pronounce it? Seance? Seance? seance. Thank you, Jim. Um, seance scene that I, that I thought was kind of fun and the art's good and the colours are good. Maybe I won't drop it. Maybe I will. You have to tune in to find out. What an incredible cliffhanger. Uh, Godshaper issue four, also through Boom, uh, written by Simon Spurrier by Jonas Goonface. Um, this is another uh, book that, you know, is so crazy and, and bustling with all these weird, fun ideas that then also will just smack you in the face with something horrible happening. And uh, that is exactly what happens to the main character in this issue. And I don't want to spoil the story at all, but I did not, I, I did not see what happened to him on the final pages coming at all. And uh, I feel bad for the dude. Um, this is uh, yeah, a, 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 a very cool issue in which um, hopefully you've heard our kind of reviews of it for, uh, because I don't really want to go through the entire world, but it's, yeah, basically there are, there are gods in this world. And he is a, someone who can shape the gods into different kinds of gods for people. So everyone has their own God, except this, except the God list. So he is, he is godless and he can also shape other people's gods. And uh, he is also like, he also plays like weird music and people love his like weird music. Um, And at the, at the, at the end of a really, really great show, he says, fuck it. And reveals to the crowd that he's a God shaper. And uh, they do not respond very well to that news. Um, This is a really good issue. Great issue of God shaper. Um, I'm going to do uh, Dark Horse right now. And if you liked Grass Kings, you might also like Briggsland because it is also about a uh, you know a, a family, a collective of people uh, living in a gated kind of uh, their own kind of sovereign nation, if you will. Uh, this is Briggsland Lone Wolves, the second uh, uh, edition of, uh, second volume, sorry, of, of Briggsland, written by Brian Wood with Mac Chader, Lee Luridge and Matthew Woodson. Um, and uh, two kind of like uh, bushwalkers, have uh, accidentally stumbled across the the borders of the community and they've been taken hostage while the community works out what to do with them. Um, And uh, this this first issue of this run uh, opened with the FBI storming the community so you know that uh, shit is not going to end well for anybody. Um, And uh, we're kind of learning more about the family and about the FBI's kind of thoughts towards the family. Um, finally this week I read um two issues of a Marguerite Bennett book, um Animosity. Um they she put out a, issue number eight of Animosity, the regular series, and then issue number two of Animosity The Rise, which is kind of like a uh a a side book in the same world that comes out with much less regularity, which is a bummer. Like I actually quite enjoyed the second issue of this, um, which kind of an, animosity basically all the uh all the animals wake up and they can talk and they realise that that, that humans have had it too good, and it 's time to uh put a change in things and uh, a lot of humans die uh, and uh, this is the rise is all about uh a vet and um he he's kind of he, he's one of the few humans that the animals trust, and him, him trying to leave along live alongside these animals and it kind of gets towards quite an interesting point at the end of the story, and um then suddenly it says. Uh, to be continued in September. So we've got to wait, what, two, two-ish months for a new a new ep- issue of this? I kind of wish it came, it came sooner. But, hey, that's a small complaint. Uh, Animosity number eight, which is the main series, I think this was one of the stronger issues of this. Um, I loved the first issue of Animosity, and I think since then it just hasn't really been the book that I was hoping it would be. And this issue kind of dealt more into, like, the belief systems of animals, which I thought was quite compelling and... um I think made, made, made for a quite a good issue, but I think overall I, en- I enjoyed The Rise um, issue two more than animosity number eight. Cool, oh my God. That is the end of uh, me reviewing every single comic that I read last week by myself in this uh, very, very uh, welcoming office that doesn't matter if I talk loudly to myself in the corner. They just keep working, chuckling away at my terrible jokes. They're used to it. All that's left for me to do now is tell you what to pick up next week or this week. Um, all the comics coming out this Wednesday. Uh, there are some pretty good ones. It's actually a, a bit of a smallish week, which is good for people who are hosting podcasts pretty much by their on themse- by the, by themselves. <laughs> uh, hopefully next week will be a, a little less uh, exasperated. Uh, but uh, I highly recommend everyone pick up the third issue of Aliens Dead Orbit, uh, which is a James Stoko Aliens comic coming out through Dark Horse. Plus Dark Horse are putting out the fourth and final issue of uh, Shaolin Cowboy Who'll Stop the Rain The aforementioned Jeff Darrow, uh, his latest uh, Shaolin Cowboy series, which I've enjoyed immensely. Um, IDW are putting out DuckTales, a zero issue of DuckTales, which I'm not sure if it ties into uh, the new... Uh, animated series, which I saw an issue of, sorry, a, a, like a teaser of from um, the D23 celebration stuff. It looks really cool. So hopefully it's the same kind of uh, animation style that we saw in that. Um, we also get two new image number ones, which is always exciting. Uh, one's called Generation Gone. The other one's called Moonstruck. Which of them will be good? Which of them will, will sell out in 10 minutes? It could be either of them. Uh, we also get a second issue of the image series, Kill the Minotaur, that we really enjoyed the first issue of. So looking forward to seeing that book progress. Um, Astonishing X-Men is the big number one from Marvel, the Charles Saul, um X-Men book, which has a bunch of X-Men that are on, already in X-Men books, plus um, our boy, um, the one and only... What's his friggin' name, Jim? Who's the X-Men that we like that's in Astonishing? Phantom X. Phantom X. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim Bone. Phantom X is the uh, diabolic um, kind of referencing that Italian... Uh, Kind of espionage, kind of character um, that was so good in Uncanny X Force by Rick Remender. Looking forward to seeing him return to X Men books. Um, and then uh, I'm also very excited about uh, the sec- the second issue of Secret Weapons through Valiant. I love the first issue of that. Looking forward to number two. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, strange episode of uh, of Serious Issues. Um, if you have any feedback, um, you know, do, do you like me just ranting to myself for the final uh, half hour to an hour, or would you rather I find some poor soul to try and you know, give me weird opinions about uh, the comics that I've read that they haven't, uh, <laughs> let me know. Um, you can get in touch with me online. Uh, you can find me at facebook.com slash group slash serious issues podcast is our Facebook group or just facebook.com slash serious issues podcast is our Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter at levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Give me some, you know, moments of support, uh, you know, say so you can do it next time. Maybe have a cup of tea handy so you don't lose your voice at some point halfway through. Um, that would be help me a lot. Um, you should also... Follow my good friend Siobhan Coombs, uh, who just had a baby, uh, at SiobhanCBG. That's S-I-O-B-H-A-N C-B-G on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, while you're there, drop her a line and say congratulations on baby Shatterstar Liefeld Jr. Um, welcome to the world. Um, and uh, you can also find us on uh, on Twitter. The show is at Serious Underscore Underscore Issues and uh, you can find us on planet broadcasting as well the uh, planetbcasting.com the network that we're a part of um, so thanks to those guys for all they do and of course thanks to kings comics for having us uh, having letting me letting me just spill the insides of my mind uh, while they try and work quietly around me uh, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week at serious issues with a new guest a new Siobhan, a new a new shinbone a new jimbone who will be the next bone stay tuned <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's, it's up to you.
2: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.